This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. And I want to welcome you to the Warning Television Program. Wherever you're watching, throughout the United States or around the world, welcome. This will also go on social media. Also, we have a live audience. This is in our college classroom here at World Ministries International to the staff and their families. My message today is going fishing. Going fishing. The Bible warns us that Satan fishes, that he loves to go fishing. Scripture tells us that Satan uses different sizes of hooks, temptations, sins, to trick people to catch them. Satan wants to hook you. So you could give it a title, which I did, going fishing. You could say, don't get hooked. Maybe don't get caught. Point number one, mankind. We, you, we have an enemy. We have an adversary. The word of God teaches us that we have an adversary who opposes us in our advancement towards the fulfillment of God's plans and purposes for our lives. We have an adversary, somebody that wants to stop God's plans in our lives. Let's look at 1 Peter 5.8. says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. A roaring lion. He has no mercy. He wants to destroy you. He makes sin look attractive. He makes you try to nullify sin or treat it like it's nothing or that you don't value the word of God or treat the word of God seriously. You know, the word of God says flee temptation. Oh, you don't have to flee temptation. No, you're proud and arrogant above the word of God. Above God, you can just do what you want. Well, you're probably going to get hooked then. Satan is out to destroy mankind, and in particular, those of the race who call himself Christian. He's out to destroy Christians. We all can see what's going on in the United States of America today. We can see what's going on in Seattle, a total rebellion with weak leadership, tying into the New World Order to George Soros, tying in to the Ford Foundation, tying into Black Lives Matter, which is a total racist organization. In fact, the worst type of racism. It has nothing to do with a black man. It has everything to do with an ideology to cause insurrection, rebellion, and civil war. If they worried about the black man, over 100 black men die in Chicago in a night, black on black. It's not black man. It's insurrection and ideology to cause rebellion to take over America. And the church must recognize it for what it is. John 10.10, 10, since we are taught in the word of God that, quote, we have been delivered from the authority of darkness. Galatians 1, I should say Colossians 1, 12 through 13. Satan really has no way to gain an advantage over us unless we give it to him. See, we have been delivered from the authority of darkness. 
I don't have to commit deliberate sin. I don't have to. I don't have to fornicate. I don't have to put myself in harm's way. You know, some people want to put themselves in harm's way. Oh, I can, I can do what I want. I can, I can walk in front of a pornography shop or I can sleep in the bed with, with... You are nuts. You cannot, if you're a man, sleep in the bed with a woman and, and you're not married to her and think, oh, that's okay. I'm not sinning. You are sinning with your own attitude. You are sinning by violating the word of God and tempting God. You don't care what God says. You, independent, proud and arrogant. You don't care if people fall because watching your testimony. You violate everything the Bible says. You're going to get hooked. If you're not already hooked. Because a fornicator is usually a liar. Now, liberating truth is Satan has no advantage over us unless we give it to him. Satan has no authority over us unless we give it to him. I didn't commit adultery or fornication. Never committed adultery once in my entire life. And now I've been married, if you want to say both women, 41 plus years. Never committed adultery once. Before I married Adalia, never fornicated. I wasn't stupid enough to think I could sleep in her house or bedroom or couch before I got married. Sheer arrogance, stupidity. The Bible says flee temptation. I'm a normal man. What are you, a robot? Satan can do nothing to us unless we give him the right. That is why Paul in his writing to the Ephesians in chapter 4, verse 27 says, quote, Neither give place to the devil. The Amplified Bible translates this verse as follows. Leave no room or foothold for the devil. Give him no opportunity. That clarifies things more fully. The enemy is looking for the only opportunity he has, and that's the one you give him. Are we together? You give him the opportunity for you to fall. You give it to him for you to get hooked. You give it to him to sin. And are you just hurting yourself? Or are you hurting people that know about your sin? Just the appearance of evil. Now, where does the devil look at when he desires to overtake us and bring destruction into our lives? He looks inside of us. He designs temptations to hook us in. I've pastored five churches. Oh, he's a good guy. He's not a good guy. If he's messing around with you. He's not a good guy if he's putting you into a compromising situation. He's not a good guy if he doesn't worry about your testimony. He's not a good guy if he's getting involved with the lust of the flesh. He is not a good guy. He's a selfish man. He's not a good guy. 
Even though you're so ignorant because of your pride has called you deceivableness and you can't see reality. He's not a good guy. And that's why people get hooked up with bad men. Their pride makes them hooked up with bad men. They don't listen to authority. They don't listen to the word of God. They don't listen to their parents. No, they know more. Yeah, they sure do. When one of his carefully planned temptations hooks something in us, he then proceeds to pull the weakness out into full view. He goes fishing for our weaknesses, using the temptations as bait. <coughs> when one of his carefully planned temptations hooks us, then again he pulls us in to destroy us. To destroy us. And how many women, you get into the black community if we want to talk. Black conservatives, born again, tells you that because of the Democratic Party allowing uh, the type of welfare, many of them live without a husband, without a father, without a man, because they want money for welfare. And uh, then what happens to the, the daughters? They get exploited by these guys. They ended up uh, because they didn't have fathers guiding them. Now they're pregnant. Now they commit abortion. And where does the sins end? You're going to kill a baby? You're going to raise a bastard? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I used the biblical word bastard. You know, once in a while, it's good to use a biblical word and shock us into reality. It's not a little princess, it's a little bastard. Are we there? Do we like it? No, sin is ugly, isn't it? Sure, the child in front of God's eyes, directly in front of a guide's eyes, is beautiful without sin. It committed no fault. But the biblical terminology for producing a baby out of wedlock is a bastard. And if you do it, you're either a fornicator or an adulterer. We don't like biblical terminology because it's not very nice, isn't it? So we like to go into today's terminology, love. And you twist it way out of context where there's no love, it's free sex. It's carnal lust instead of love. Lust. Remember, the devil cannot hook you unless you give in to his temptations. Unless you provide him the bait. He can do nothing to you. Unless you nullify the word of God with your arrogance. And then he can destroy you. And he will if you play around with him. The devil has studied man for 600,000 years and he knows the desires of the flesh. The desires that man has in his mind. He also has, he knows the familiar spirits who have studied individuals in particular in order to amass information about that person to lay a trap for their life. I'm so glad we have the Holy Spirit within who has never taken us by surprise if you're led by the Holy Spirit. Are we close enough to be led by the Holy Spirit so we're not cheated? Are we close enough? 
When we are living in close relationship with him, he will show us, quote, things to come, including what the devil is planning to do. I could give you quick, three quick testimonies. I was in Ethiopia. Ethiopia is half now. In fact, it split once already and named another country because the Muslim took over half part of the country. And the Lord showed me in my dream a Muslim man coming with a dagger to kill me. Came out of the dream. So what did I do? I watched and prayed. And didn't put myself in a vulnerable position for me to be killed by a Muslim. Two. Second testimony. 3 a.m. in the morning in Uganda, God woke me up and gave me the name of six men that had gone to the government to have the missionaries of the Assemblies of God thrown out of the nation. 3 a.m. So at 6 a.m., I call those men in and expose them. Now, God had used me to deal with a general superintendent, the assistant general superintendent, secretary treasurer, and remove them because of their own sins of various types, including misappropriation of funds and adultery. With the top man committing adultery with two prostitutes in Kampala. But the Holy Spirit revealed their actions, including their sins. Caused their sins to be confessed to. I remember when I was pastoring a, a large church. And it, it grew where we had thousands and thousands and thousands of people and 23 missionaries raised from the African church, which is incredible, going out to other nations. And uh, at 3 a.m., God showed me the sins of, of a pastor that I, usually I raise my own pastors like Vance. And Vance has his ministerial license now. And, and uh, usually I raise my own ministers, but this time the church was growing so much that I took one in. Well, at 3 a.m., God showed me his sins and uh, called me, told me to call a staff meeting. So at I called a staff meeting at 3 a.m. pastoral board meeting. Now think about it. A pastoral board meeting at 3 a.m. I don't know if that's ever been done since. I know it hasn't been done in that church in Africa, but I'm not sure how many churches calls a board meeting at 3 a.m. Well, God showed me the sins of this pastor, so I let him lie to me for three hours. I let him lie to me. I gave him enough rope in front of all the pastors he was lying to me about. And then I exposed his sins, what he had done. Going into people's homes, trying to misappropriate funds. I put him on probation. He violated probation. Then I called 60 of our other leaders, exposed his sins in front of them, put him on probation again. He violated again. And then I exposed him in front of three, our three, we had three services in a row because the church was so big. And I exposed him in front of all three services. And then a lot of people came in confessing how he had done the same thing in their home. Put him on probation again, but he did not stay. He left. The Holy Spirit can give us warning. Can give us warning. And I could give you a lot of reports 
and testimonies of that. My father had a testimony where the Lord told him to get away from behind this truck. He, he moved behind the truck and, and a huge semi-tire fell and it would have squashed uh, his little car with his family. Now, I could just keep giving you those type of testimonies and probably you have your own. That the Holy Spirit can warn us, can show us if we're intimate with God. So again, point number one, mankind, we have an adversary. You have an adversary. I have an adversary. But we have the Holy Spirit within us who is never taken by surprise. Never. He will show us things to come. You know, when I gave that opportunity, Adali never told me that she, she had a word for Vance. She never told me that. In fact, you've heard her preach and she's had visions and dreams that she didn't tell me. Now, she, she tells me a lot because, I mean, you know, we're pretty close. But she did not tell me last night she had this word for Vance. We didn't have too much time this morning. And, um, but yet I felt impressed that we needed to pray for different people. Three, nothing should by any means harm you. In other words, we have victory unless, unless you provide Satan with the ammunition. He has no authority unless you give it to him. Remember that. He has no authority. No authority to destroy your reputation. No authority for you to be tempted to commit adultery or fornication. No authority unless you give it to him by violating the word of God. And it comes through your arrogance, through your vanity, through your pride. Believe me, you are your own worst enemy or you're your own best friend if you live by the word of God. You can live by the word of God, see your destiny be complete, have victory, see miracles and visions and dreams. You can have the supernatural life if you want it. And if you don't, you won't. Luke 10, 19, nothing shall by any means harm you. The interesting thing about this verse is the Greek meaning of the phrase any means. Actually, it is a word implying justice and could be translated, nothing shall justly hurt you. I hope you caught that. Nothing shall justly hurt you. It will hurt if it's not justly. Have you done something that the enemy now can hurt you? See, we broke it down, didn't we? I'll do it one more time because I think it's important. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Again, the verse in the Greek is the phrase any means actually means justice. In other words, nothing shall justly hurt you. If you're under the blood, if you have not put yourself into temptation, if you have not committed sin, nothing will hurt you unless you're guilty of something. Nothing will justly hurt you. I mean, that is something. That's a powerful promise in the word of God. Yes. Nothing will hurt us unless we're guilty. You see, Satan has no legal right to harm us because we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. 
We've been redeemed. He must hook us into something illegal to use against us. He must hook us into something sinful to attack us. You know, I get a lot of threats and I get other things and people attack and this and that. And I don't know why, because I'm quite a nice guy. You know, controversial issues I don't like to get involved with, if, unless I must. Amen. Which the Holy Spirit makes me. <laughs> but uh, somebody sent me a, you know, it's pure out, flat out blackmail. So do you know, uh, uh, we... We have evidence that you clicked onto this por pornographic site, and unless you send us, I, I can't remember if it was twenty or thirty thousand dollars, and you need to do it by tomorrow night. And they gave me the location. Uh, we're going to expose this all over. Well, since I had not clicked on a no pornographic site, I'm not worried about it. Well. See, if I was guilty, but I'm not guilty, so nothing can justly even threaten me. So I had a few good laughs about it. I went to sleep, slept pretty good. Nothing happened. Because I did not click onto any pornographic site. But now if I had, even if they didn't have the evidence, and if you, you wanted to protect your you might have paid the 20000 Because you were guilty of some sin. He must hook us into something illegal to use against us. When Jesus said in John 14.30, the prince of this world comes, but he has no place in me, he's actually saying the devil is looking for something to hook in me because he will find nothing. The devil will find nothing in me. Look away. Attack me if you can. You're going to have to lie about me because you're not going to find something. Are we together? I've traveled the world for 35 straight years and uh, a lot of the times without my wife with me and plenty of temptation, but no way have I come close to adultery. No way. Because I flee temptation. I flee. I'm not stupid enough to say I can be in the same room, in the same office, in the same bedroom as this girl. Am I outside my mind? What kind of brain do I have? Nobody would even believe you if it was true that you did nothing. Because you put yourself into a compromising situation. My ministry would be destroyed. All they have to do is lie about you. But if part of the lie is true, like you have been alone in that bedroom with that girl, you can say and swear all you want, I've never committed sex. That doesn't matter. You're guilty. Even stupid enough to put yourself in harm's way. To hurt your testimony. To cause yourself opportunity to be tempted. It's not hard to understand, is it? Years ago in Nigeria. I don't know if adult, adult, uh, Adalia knows this, but anyway, I got caught in Nigeria one night and I was in... Nigeria is not a good country. Lagos is a terrible airport. Very corrupt. And so anyway, I'm, I'm in this, this not good hotel... And uh, two o'clock in the morning, I open the door, and there's this this uh, beautiful naked Nigerian woman, and she looks at me. Do you want a party? And I slammed the door in her face, locked it. It wasn't time to be polite. 
It wasn't time to say, oh, no, thank you. It wasn't time to be, oh, maybe I can lead her to the Lord. I mean, come on! That's a hook! That's a hook to get me caught, to destroy me! But some gullible and ignorant, naive Christian, I just wanted to be nice and, you know, love, and I just wanted to give a testimony to Jesus. She needs Jesus. Yeah, you, you are too dumb to be a pastor. Hello? Come on, what's wrong with you? Flee temptation. Run! The devil's center to destroy your ministry. Like I said, I, I don't know if I broke her. I just slammed the door in her face. And if it broke her nose, so be it. Then I locked the door. Didn't say a word. Didn't smile, went back to bed. It wasn't time to lead her to the Lord. That was a hook. That was a hook. The devil is looking for something to hook you in. Jesus was tempted by the devil in an attempt to find something he could use against him to legally destroy him. Jesus came in the form of man. You know, if he would have jumped off that mountain, he'd have killed himself. Jesus was subject to the laws of man at that time. He wasn't glorified. He'd have killed himself because that was tempting God. He wasn't going to tempt God, so he repeated the word of God. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Make bread out of rocks. And he repeated again the truth from the Bible right against Satan. He wasn't going to be tempted. He wasn't going to be destroyed with his testimony or to become our savior of the world. The devil could do nothing to the body of Jesus Christ legally unless Jesus entered into sin. Why did he die on a cross? Because he entered into sin. He identified with us in our sin. Now, if he violated the word of God and was tempted and jumped off the cliff, he would have entered into sin. But he didn't do it. You have to enter into sin to be guilty. The devil wants to destroy you. The princesses of the world, 1 Corinthians 1, 8. They could do their dirty work against him in the crucifixion, but thanks unto God, once our sin was paid for, death could not hold him because he was sinless. He rose from the dead. Each of us that are born again Believers can leave the devil in the same shape that Jesus did. And when the devil had ended all temptation, he departed from him for a season. Luke 4.14. Conclusion, Psalm 34.19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Matthew 19.26. With man and God, with God, nothing is impossible. With man, it is possible. Impossible, but with God, nothing is impossible. God promises total victory. 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. God bless you.